Hi, Mark. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Are we holding? We were wondering about the World Series. Are we screwing you up? I know. I'm wondering. I was amazed. You well. Let's just let's be honest. If the Nationals were were in the World Series, you would not be doing this tonight. Absolutely not. I know, not right? <laughs> but I, but, uh, but yeah, we're yeah, fine. This one doesn't. This isn't as big a deal. I mean, the Dodgers are kind of my second favorite team because my brother lives in L.A., but I'm not. I'm almost little, so little invested in them compared to the Nationals, so it's not a big deal. Right, and uh, you'll get to see the best part, the the last part. These games are not uh, are not quick, so. <laughs> no, no, they let. Yeah, it'll still be. It'll be like I, the third inning when we're done. <laughs> I, I hate it. I mean, I love it, and that was such a good game last night. But I fucking can't stay up so late to watch these games on the East Coast. You know. I know. Yeah, every time they scored last night, I'm like, God, I want to go to bed. Stop scoring. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. You're on there. Where are you again? In D.C. Oh, you are? Okay, so you're East Coast. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, it, it's brutal uh, staying up for these games. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's dive into this so we can get you back to your baseball, which is obviously your true passion. And, uh... <laughs> no, no shame in that, right? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, all right so let's uh let's do this all right welcome everyone to cool. another episode of that record got me hi that is barry stock and that is rob elbow and we're so happy to have you guys with us again uh real quick before anything else we have a new patron we do jay steinberg thank you jay welcome to the that record got me high family jay yes uh it comes with just uh, it doesn't come with much it it comes with this shout out yeah right and uh, (laughs) and uh just the uh the the joy of knowing you're helping me participation in patron episodes patron curated episodes which we just had one come out and they're a lot of fun so yeah and and you get to be cooler than the people that aren't patrons of us we should thank dan bronbreck for bumping up his uh monthly patron no, well. what you could do. Look at that. You can, if you thing. really yeah. like what we're doing, you can give us more. I'm thinking he was drunk when he did that. So mm, maybe you know, he'll put it well, back down when he sobers up. Drink more. Um, so you too can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show. Oh, we would really love it. All right. So we have a great guest tonight, a returning guest and a really uh great guy to talk to. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Mark Masters. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. It's great having you. It is a it's a night of Game Five of the World Series, so I can't believe Mark agreed to come on because he is a. <laughs> I, I, you know what? The I, chances I, that the television <laughs> is on while we're doing this. Oh, it's, it's definitely on. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And he's also tweeting. He's also tweeting yeah, about right. the game while he's going to be doing. Can we get any of those? Uh huh. Answers. You're a, you're a journalist. You're good at multitasking, right, Mark? You you can handle it. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely. That's right. So you were a, a yeah. freelance journalist uh, seen in The Wire magazine, Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, Vice. Uh, you you write for Bandcamp. And you are just, uh, yes. you're, as we mentioned, you're a huge baseball fan. Like, uh, yes. Yeah, like really big. Um, but uh, you know what, Mark? I'm wondering, are you a musician at all? Like, do you, do you play any instruments? Uh, sort of. I mean, I, I have a bass, and I, I was in a band for a while in like the 2000s and into the 2010s. Oh, okay. But uh, we were completely we, we were completely improv, and we only ever played outside of my city, DC, once. 
in the like 15 years we existed so it was <laughs> okay. more of a, hob- a hobby a hobby right but, so I, I mean i kind of barely know what to do on bass a little bit all right so you're <laughs> i was just the reason i was wondering is is because i could tell that you're just a really big music fan i mean you're oh, yeah. always well, you're, I mean, yeah you're on. always and i feel like people like me and barry are, are musicians we played in band, sure. and i feel like we can't be as even though we love music and everything mm-hmm. i feel like people it's like more pure with people yeah. that are just aren't involved any other way we, we haven't seen they haven't fans. seen the uh, soft white underbelly i guess the, i don't know what yeah. it is i just the, <laughs> yeah just the the pure joy of the music they could accept it without all the uh uh-huh. the uh you know the, yeah. the harshness that we have seen in our lives yeah. and it's well. really it's mostly only only brought me <laughs> grief in my life so <laughs> i think that's a common i think that's a common experience Mm-hmm. I mean, the only part I ever really liked about playing was was jamming in a basement with my friends and list and sort of listening to us as as if we were a record. I, right. I we played some shows, but but dragging amps around is the worst thing and finding parking. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. please. <laughs> we <laughs> should we should hip you to one of the places that we Rob and I both used to play called Churchill's, which for many years. Mm was in literally the worst neighborhood in Miami. Oh, God, yeah. And you would have to pay oh, wow. somebody to watch your car yeah, after you parked. Yeah, and hope it was still there. It was... But that's what gave it... It had charm. That's what gave it its charm, yeah. you know? The story here, which is probably the same in most cities, is it takes a half hour to find parking and you get there and there's nobody to show. There we had that experience in common as well. Yes, for sure. And now we talk about shows like they're just like some of the... What is that? What is the show? What's a live show? That came up, yeah. That came up uh, in the fall episode. I said, if this came on in a club, I would just be on the dance floor and... It's like, you know, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. So just vicarious. You just have to pretend. All right. So before we bring everything crashing down to a halt, what did you... It doesn't take much. What did you bring bring to the table for us to talk about, Mark? So the record I wanted to talk about is called Submarine Bells by The Chills. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Submarine Bells, The Chills. I enjoyed this record a a lot. A New Zealand band. Yeah. And I, I was actually surprised that you brought this because I know you're into a lot of uh, avant-garde, I would say, music, yeah. right? And you listen to it. And, this, and this is just like a beautiful, pure uh, a pop record, really. So I was kind of surprised that you it brought is. this one. But I guess, so this record came out in 1990. And yes. I guess they had been around a, uh, a while before that, but this was their first, like, on a major label, and they, uh, yes. and, and then it was the, it was on Slash Records, so obviously it, it released, right. it came out in the U.S. and it, and it made somewhat of a splash, like a, like a small were, splash. I mean, right? that whole New Zealand, there was this big thing in the underground with like these New Zealand bands. There were a bunch of them who probably. Mm-hmm unfairly got lumped together because they're, they're quite different in what they present. Right. Were you aware of them, Mark, before this record, or was this the record that you discovered them? I was aware of them, yeah. I mean, uh, so in like the late 80s, mid-80s, I was in college, and, and as Barry was saying, a lot of the uh, New Zealand stuff was getting big in, in independent labels. I mean, Homestead had put out, I think the comp, the, comp, the Chills compilation was called Kaleidoscope World. Right. I, I think that I think that happened before Submarine Bells. I, I know it had been released in, on playing them in New Zealand before then, and then and the Clean and a lot of those other bands. So I, I knew about them as one of that kind of that group, um, and I guess they were sort of the first ones out of there to signed to a major label, or at least yeah. the first ones I knew about. Yeah, so, I uh, think so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, but so, but by the time this record came out, they were pretty much a. A solo project of uh, Martin right. Phillips, right? 
Uh, essentially, I mean, they, they, their lineups rotated enough that he was really the only constant guy. Although, right. I mean, this this record got recorded by a group that had been together for uh, I think at least a year and had toured pretty decently okay. before they signed to Slash. Um, there's a good, a really good documentary about Martin Phillips and the whole history of the Chills. Oh, really? Uh, that's yeah. That's uh, you can. I, I rented it on Amazon just this past week, so it's it's out there now. And um, and that, I I didn't know so much until I watched it. But they they had kind of been together for a little while, and they there was a little bit of a, a kind of semi bidding war among some of the major labels for them after they had done this tour of the U.S. and the U.K. Enough people had seen them, and that's when Slash Slash won that bidding. I mean, I mean I'm not sure how much of a bidding war it was, but there were multiple major labels interested in them right at that point. So. And yeah, and then when you hear this record, you wonder why they didn't get like really yes, big, I, especially that you wonder why absolutely. Heavenly Pop It wasn't like a huge uh, single, and they just I don't know. I, I guess so. completely, completely. Yeah, I, but I, and I should yeah mention that it's not it's not even. I mean, it's it is on Spotify, so you can listen to it quite easily that way. But going to find some sort of. Um, a digital copy of it I actually sort of had Mark couldn't find his CD and so <laughs> oh, Mark come on um, uh, Fire they are, they are, Fire Records is doing their reissues and yes I, so we thank uh, mm-hmm. Johnny uh, Johnny Halliday yeah from Fire, Fire Records. Records they are at mm-hmm. um, he said mm-hmm. they have some vinyl reissues and um, they are on Bandcamp mm-hmm. um, some of the stuff is available mm-hmm. uh, digitally on Bandcamp this record was not, so I hit up Johnny, and he he was he, he hooked me up. He hooked us up, so but we'll he, have good audio. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, he should said that if you want to um, buy things from Fire Records that they're uh-huh. in the U.S. because we have a lot of U.S. <laughs> listeners. Right. Um, that it's US, USA.firerecords.com. and uh, mm-hmm. I remember Fire so Records. A, actually, a, go ahead. I was going to say there's a little connection here too because the last record I talked about when I was with you guys was half Japanese. That's and, right. Uh, Fire also re- re- Fire also reissued that. Record. That's right. Ah. And I, I didn't mention that to Johnny, but I yeah I remember Fire from when I was doing Jed Fair's website back in ancient history a long time ago. Um, but yeah, they do a good job, and I was he got right back to me. He was very appreciative, and he makes this episode going to sound a lot better because of what they provided to me. So, are you, Mark, are you like one of these guys that will, if you like a band on a label, that will explore the label, the other bands on the label? Are you like one of one of those guys, too? Oh, for, oh, for sure, yeah, you yeah. Are. I mean, I it, had a it, feeling, it, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably how, I wouldn't have known about the Chills otherwise if Homestead over here hadn't reached, you know, brought some of their stuff from Flying Nun, and then oh, once I right. learned about Flying Nun, right. I found out more about them that way, too, so... Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. see, you're a real music yeah. fan. <laughs> Barry, see, me and you aren't music fans <laughs> like that. You know, well, well there's people I don't that- know. Uh, Mark, I honestly don't know how you have so much time to listen to so much goddamn music. You're always, like, like recommending yeah. stuff and saying, oh, this is awesome. And it's like, how the fuck does yeah, he listen to all this stuff? Right. <laughs> and mostly, mostly, mostly through neglecting my kids. Is pretty oh, much okay, well, cool. you know. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's all about priorities. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I hear stuff that I, I hear stuff somehow that I like these days and I'll go and buy it and I don't even know about this record by um, this female ensemble called All Hits and the album's called Men in Their Work. Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mm-hmm. I was maybe you t- you probably turned uh-huh. me on to it, right? Is that what happened? I have a, I have a feeling. I, th- I thought I thought maybe I remember you found out about it because I, t- I might have tweeted. You <laughs> I did, I yeah. So there See? we go. Yeah. <laughs> it was Mark, and it is a fucking great record. Uh, I mean, okay. it's like yeah, it's awesome. Wow. 
Uh, so anyway, that's not what we're talking about. There, we're talking about this very beautiful. It, yeah, it and is. It, I love this record so much this week specifically because it just makes me feel relaxed. It's very. Mm-hmm. It's very. It doesn't present any harshness. It, it, <laughs> it just... is. It's, it's very positive sounding. And I notice. I, I figure, I, I feel like you, because you're a writer, although I don't know, I don't know how deep you like to get into lyrics, but it is very lyrical and the lyrics are very yes. evocative. And I figure maybe that's something you appreciate. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's one of the things I think he's, he's just been consistently great at his whole career. I mean, this album is a, is an exceptional one even for him, but his lyrics are always super interesting and super, you know, I don't know if it's literary so much as he's just, you know, words that make you think about what is he trying to say right, without right. necessarily down to one meaning. And uh, paint a picture, they sort of paint a picture for the song, and that's like what you want yeah. music to do, right? All right, so let's get, into, yeah. let's get yeah. into this record. Yes. The first, the opening track, the beautiful, the song. One thing I love, because this is the perfect example of a song that's about what it is. Yes. So let's listen okay. to a little bit of mm-hmm. Heavenly Pop Hit. Working on it. Sorry. God damn it. Fucking iTunes. Don't <laughs> <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> worry. will fix all that Fucking, Yeah. It's unbelievable. You try and do one thing now, and it's like, oh, we fixed that for you, so it doesn't work. Here we go. <laughs> Huge, I get a huge dose of Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, right there yeah. at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. Um, which doesn't yeah. necessarily reappear very much in the record. But that first mm-hmm. opening stanza, I'm like, oh, this yes. is Pet Sounds. Mm-hmm. That's oh. good. Yeah, I didn't even, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't think of that, but it's, yeah, you're it's right. It's very much in there, um, and some other things yeah, appear. Yeah, go ahead. Definitely a big influence. I mean, I just was looking at an interview with him from a couple of years ago where they asked him for his Desert Island disc and he said Beach Boys, the, the, smile, the box set of the smile. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, make, that makes sense, of course. Yeah, the crazy Brian Wilson. So it's about, this is about the, <laughs> the, 
the like the magic what i was saying like the magically beautiful and redemptive power of just like a really great perfect pop song yeah exactly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. cool because he actually and wrote a really great pop song to be to about go with that. yes exactly yeah and it, it was very deliberate i mean i think he wanted to get a hit I mean, he was pretty convinced that if they if they could get a song on the radio, they would have a hit. And and I think his late Flying Nun wanted him to put a hit on the record. Slash wanted him to. And the, the funny thing is, it, the, the big story, of, you know, looking back now, is how was this album not a bigger hit? But in New Zealand, it was a number one album. Right, and, right. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, they were huge. I'm sure they're huge you know. in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, which doesn't take so much compared to here but at least it had you know some success it, it cooked with some people sometimes. right and it may have been <laughs> you know kind of in the wrong place it was well who else put out a um who else was trying to make a big pop hit record in 1990 rob that we know um our friend my brain i don't know come do on have, do we have friends they, <laughs> they came on all of them came on the show oh B- big dipper our friends in big dipper that's right yes that, right and that was right. same era and they, and they also failed miserably <laughs> they did i think they may have they may have flown closer to the sun and burned had more wax burned off their wings yeah, than yeah, yeah. uh the clean because let me, let, me, let me let me let me just say that again. I'm sure um, the chills would have rather. I'm just gonna edit that out so I sound not like an idiot. I know. I notice you do that, but cool. you won't do my. When I say something stupid, you leave it in. But, Some okay. of you, nah, what you don't what I, what you don't know is that I do take your stupid shit out and I don't tell you, and you okay. never notice. All right, I believe I believe you. Uh, all right, so we get. You know, it's, what's also if I would just point this out real quick, what's funny is is things were changing so much right around that time for all of these indie bands moving to major labels and stuff. And, yes, and such yes, right, right. Quick, quick, quick succession that I think 1990 was like maybe six months to a year early for this to happen. Like if it had yeah, happened in yes. 91 or 92, yep, yep. you know, maybe. That's probably right. Could, yeah. You know. Yeah, because we talk, me and Barry talk a lot about the whole, the, the, uh, the fucking grunge wave that sort of washed over everything for a while at the beginning of the 90s. Right, yeah. Well, that could have killed it. Yeah. I mean, you kind of go, because a lot of this record harkens back to, it's sort of a more beautiful version of some things from some early 80s. Right, right, right. Punk, post-punk things. Mm-hmm. Right. And because right. There's, there's one big influence that when I, I'll mention it later that I go and I said uh-huh. to Susan this afternoon we were listening to it and she goes oh yeah I can hear that. Um, well, mm-hmm. let's listen. Let's listen to the second song here uh, because this song I hear a, a and throughout a little bit on the record I hear a Julian Cope uh, a teardrop yes, explodes. That's one. That's yes, one. Of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, let's listen to a little bit of tied up in chains. Ooh. 
hear um, Echo and the Bunnymen musically some sure. distinct yeah. and but in a in a way that's sort of transformed into something with all the with some the, some of the sharp edges just gently smoothed away so you get a more mm-hmm. lush and uh, mm-hmm. beautiful and sort of really nice to listen to uh, um, interpretation of those of those things mm-hmm yeah, but I then the lyrically, lyrically, you know, at some point he goes, uh, um, "I'm sick of the sight of those children of gloom, and those their spouting speeches, all their talk in speech balloons." But then later on, mm-hmm. once we took a break and stopped and smelt the Dachau air, and anytime someone yeah. mentions Dachau in a song, it's um, Definitely not referring to contemporary Dachau. It's definitely referring to the concentration camp. I missed that. I missed that in the lyric. I didn't know that was it. That's pretty dark. But I, I like the whole concept of this because it's kind of like you're going through life, but you're and and you're like not learning from your past generation's mistakes. Because he says, uh, and and they were dangling by chains their parents made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that right. because we always we always want to escape. We feel like we want to escape from our parents' ways, but then we end up turning into them. You know? I, I hope not. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I really work hard at not doing that. Yeah, but, um, I know. What about you? What about you, Mark? Do you do you, do you ever catch yourself? You ever hear your dad's voice coming out of your mouth and you oh, go, sh- you const- shit? Oh, yeah. oh, constantly. Of yeah, course. yeah. No, I, I'm always saying words that sound just like him, and, and I'm also always doing the thing where I call my kids the wrong names, which oh, yeah, I used to make endless, and I used to make endless fun of him for doing that. And I, I was doing it within, you know, weeks of having my kids. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. And I'm, and I'm starting to, like, uh, mispronounce, be, uh, like, famous people's names and stuff. And they're like, that, that's not how you say it, Dan. It's like, oh, fuck. I'm, yeah. My yeah. mom does that. Yeah. Susan, Susan's father had a variety of children from different marriages. And he would actually go down the list. He would look at someone and go. And he would just start going down the list until he got to the right name. Bingo. Yeah, but when you have just two kids, it's a two. It's a you got to kind of embarrassing yeah, that right. you can't, yeah. 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 can't keep them yeah. straight. A boy and a girl, so you definitely have yeah. to be be clear about that. Well, I haven't called either of them the cat's name at least yet. That's what uh, I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. I may have, done, I may, I may have actually done that. Actually, I think I have done that. All right. So uh, again, um, I think a lot of these songs, there's even though they're very, they're, like you said, they're very lush and up sounding, but they're kind of like. Um, they're they're kind of like about like sort of overcoming things and like about how you know right yeah and basically about how it how it how it you have to be brave enough to like face up to things and yeah uh, but see the thing is the thing that's sort of disingenuous about that is that after all of this he gets to go back to new zealand and right now like (laughs) you you go okay (laughs) you know yeah. That seems like a pretty <laughs> good have, place to be. They have less cases of COVID than the, the White entire House. right. Yes, than the entire right. All yes. right, let's listen to uh, before we we don't want to get into anything like that. So let's listen to track number three, the oncoming day. All the day, the 
on this and I was I, I wanted to follow up was he did say you know you listen to a lot of sort of avant-garde stuff obviously he wrote a book about no wave how did right. you decide upon um, uh, uh, submarine bells as oh this is something that uh, makes me want to you know that I think needs uh, a, a closer right. examination yeah well I mean I've always liked like indie pop music not not necessarily mainstream pop music but a lot of indie pop music I mean I grew up on that and I, I it was the big thing when I was in college and I've always even though I ended up diving sort of down into the further underground I always have always liked that stuff and this one in particular was just one that I always always struck me as like there's almost like no second wasted on this record it's, yeah. it's so sharp all the way through and, and so so much happening in it and also as bright and as lush as it sounds it's the ideas are pretty complex and they're are often like he's grappling with a lot of stuff he's trying to yes. figure out how to deal with the past and how to deal with the future and and, and not in like a, a morose kind of gothic way it's more just sort of you know it, no. it's always hard to tell exactly what what his perspective on it at any given point is on whether he's going to succeed or fail in what he's trying to do right but the, especially in, in this song and in a lot of his songs there's a, a, a conviction in his voice almost like he's right. willing himself to believe he's strong mm-hmm. enough to like uh, the ideals that he's putting yeah. forth sure. that he's sort of uh, willing himself yeah. to believe in that and it is it's very compelling yeah. and I could see this this record to me which this is this was totally new to me I, I knew about the chills very uh-huh. very little but I didn't know this record and uh-huh. it, it feels like a record that you would listen to later on once you, especially if you listen to it a lot when you were younger and sort of bring you back to a place you know to a mm, place in time for sure yeah for sure yeah for which sure. is great which yeah. is awesome yeah I have a, a little anecdote too with from my relationship with this record. I mean, I was I was interested in the band. I liked them, and I was definitely excited that this was coming out. But I was also I had just graduated. I was working at a record store in town in the, in the college town I was in, and uh, it was a small store, but it was it was kind of indie store. But you know, we still had to sell a lot of major label stuff to sure. college students. And that's how we. And so our and our boss was a little paranoid about not scaring anybody off. So he was kind of strict <laughs> about you, you can't play too much of your weird music in here. Right. Yes. Yeah. So. So, so this was one of the records I could always put on, and he would never complain. Right, yeah. right. And so right. I'm, I'm, you know, so it was a heavy rotation record in the store, and I mean, I, I liked it from the beginning, but it's a kind of record that really holds up under repeat listings. More and more stuff comes out from the lyrics than it, the music. It too. does. I agree. That's yeah. True. Um, it was. Yeah. When I first listened to it, I thought, oh, this is just a it's a nice pop record. And then the more I listened mm-hmm. to it, the more I enjoyed it. And the and but like you said, not a second is wasted. You get to the last song, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's it. It's yeah. it's it's yep. it's, yeah. and you think, oh, I uh, I thought there uh-huh. was more, and it's which is a good thing. Right. Always right. li- once you yeah, leave you wanting more. 
uh, quite an accomplishment for them too, because at this point, this was only their second full length. They really had done a lot of EPs and single. They were really considered sort of a singles band. I, you know, mm-hmm. not oh, a, okay. a, a hit, not a hit, not a hit singles band, but right. most of the flying nun bands were putting out shorter records, and they had done one other full length. But even it was, it was a little bit made of songs that had been written at different times and everything. And this one was sort of like a statement of a piece of all of these songs that they had been worked on at the same time. And you know, and it, and it shows it's so coherent, right. so it has such a flow to it. You know. All right. So this next one, I feel like it's it skirts a little. I at some points in this, I I hear some emo or pre emo. Like he's sort of he's mm-hmm. like unapologetic, but he's but he's unapologetic about it because he's unapologetic about being mm-hmm. emotional, which is cool. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that because especially starting in the nineties, people were trying. You know, were so like. Um, you know, certain uh, people just had, just had to be cool and had to be hard, and mm-hmm. you, you know, and mm-hmm. then the emo was something totally different. But I, I don't know. I hear that right. especially in the beginning of this. Listen to a little bit of part past part fiction. God damn it! Yeah, playing the wrong in yeah. iTunes, man. <laughs> I'm ready, Apple. I'm ready for your new slogan. Apple we hate music. hates music, and they hate people who like music. I, I actually like that. That's kind of yeah. I'm like gonna that. leave that in. Setting bands and backgrounds always play their phony, lonely cacophony. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Cacophony. Yeah, that's like kind of the shit you listen to, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> phony, lonely. Some of it. Some of it. Cacophony. Oh, absolutely. You know what band comes to mind with this is actually uh, to to stretch the um, the Big Dipper connection even for the Go Betweens. Oh yeah, well there was an uh, yeah. I was going to mention at some point I was going to mention the go-betweens for because sure because there's an overlay mm-hmm. there. And they were Australian, Australian, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. So, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you're familiar with the the go-betweens, Mark, but um, oh, Mark knows. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm sure you do. But who are we talking to, Barry? <laughs> well, I don't want to be pres- I don't want to be presumptuous. You, you can know, be presumptuous. Right? Okay. But, I listen to the episode. I listened to your episode about the go-betweens. Steve is a he. Steve's in love with the go-betweens, and uh, he made a good case actually. He did. Um. Um, yeah, but again, this one I think it's about not looking backwards, but uh, looking forward. I mean, a lot of I, I, I feel like that's right. a theme throughout this record, right? That he's kind of about mm-hmm. uh, he's yeah, ready to move on to the next. Stop. And what did he like? What did uh, is he? St- I don't. I I know nothing about him. Is he still making music now? And is he still? Uh, what, 
Is he around still? He is. He is. He is. They they had a, a, quite a history. So after this record didn't do so well, they had they had a six album deal with Slash. Oh, they, 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 yeah. <laughs> they made it. They did make another record after this, uh, but Slash kind of had a little more control over it. Assigned them a producer, assigned them a manager. It still came out really good. It's called Soft Bomb. But after after that didn't do well, Slash kind of pulled, pulled the whole contract, pulled their tour support, and he pretty much descended into a drug addiction after that. Uh, um, but also, I believe but that he, also happened with the go-betweens, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, there's yeah. an overlap yeah. there. Um, but he was able to, over the years, overcome it, made a couple records sort of while he was doing in, in the addiction still, but eventually he's come out of it, he's sober now, and he's made a couple records over the past five or six years that are, I think are just as good as their as their original stuff and they they've been able to tour more often and, oh, nice. and uh, you know he's 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 back to being himself in a lot of ways i think again. well awesome that's good like well, a, but the music industry good. does you know that grind them up and you know it's like yeah. yeah. um yeah. all right so we get this next one uh this uh let's listen to another really uplifting driving uh mm-hmm. driving vibe uh let's listen to singing in my sleep we can pray that Apple will smile upon us and the song will play. <laughs> Singing in my sleep, away from the wise for the mindless. Hoping to keep all the silences out of my life. Singing in my sleep, a stinging approach against violence. To me, it has a very British feel to me, too. Definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the playing, mm-hmm. the, the syncing everything to the um, the tremolo of the guitar is um, that's mm-hmm. a tough trick to pull off, especially live. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, um, the sound soon as Matt, the Smiths. What'd you say? I'm sorry. Did you sorry. Did you, did you hear me? I'm sorry. No, say it. I was just saying that the, the, the album was recorded in England as well. I mean, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't okay. Know that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but the Smiths uh, used it in uh, How Soon Is Now. and um, But it's this is a much more, uh, this is a much sweeter version of that, uh, of that same technique. But um, when it works, it works. It's really, it's really, uh, and this has a, I don't know exactly how to how it, it happens, but there's a there's a velvety thing in here in this one a little bit, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how um, that came about, but um, I definitely that was what clicked in my head 
I was like, oh, there's a there's sure? a certain a certain Lou Reed thing well, in I there. I think at this point we're con- uh, contractually obligated to mention the Velvets, Velvets in every in episode, every episode no, no matter the most, what. The most, <laughs> the most important rock band in history. Guess, why why yeah. wouldn't we do that? <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, uh, one interesting thing to me of this song, there, there's that little keyboard part in the middle, and then there's a, a, a keyboard part later, too. They, they had keyboards before, but they've never been kind of this arranged as a band. And I guess this guy, Andrew Todd, who's the keyboardist on this record, was sort of responsible for that. I mean, Martin Phillips gets the credit a lot of times because he writes all the songs, but right. this guy apparently is the one who really fleshed them out into these more sort of... Oh, okay, okay. Oh, and did the uh, arrangements. Okay. I was wondering, because yeah. it's, it's really yeah. hard to find information on like who's playing on this. It, it and, is. Yeah, it's yes. really right. hard. But there's, yeah. That's mm-hmm. another weird go-betweens uh, synchronistic thing, because remember, the go-betweens had that... What was the guy, the bass player that came in and arranged that record and put it all together and oh, they yeah, hated right. his guts. Yeah, they they said he was a total him, yeah. psychopath. Yeah. But, however, <laughs> the proof is in the pudding and he right. made that record into, you know, something very different than... Uh, 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 and, right. and speaking of the go-betweens, this next one, this is the one that I thought definitely reminded me of them and it's definitely got like a little emo folk feel to it, I feel like. But let's just do a little <laughs> bit of eyesore. He rises with the air. Doesn't have a care The southern wind is warm and it's clear Breathless at the side The mountains on his right A crimson as the sunlight fade Silver sisters fill the horizon Ren Fair vibe there, a little well, Renaissance Fair vibe. It, it, it does, <laughs> but the chords that are that, that's important because the chords that are driving that appear in a couple of important pop songs. Um, the um, "Message in a Bottle" by the Police uses that particular chord thing, and so does um, what was the hit by Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians? Um, oh, um, uh, is that what I am? What I, oh, am, I am, yeah, is, that's what, what I am yeah. is what I am. Or you, what you are, want yeah, yeah. uses those same chords, oh. and uh, they have a it, that particular chord has a, an odd sort of, and it's also used in the Steely Dan a lot on the keyboard. So mm-hmm. it, it gives mm-hmm. things a certain emotional am- ambiguity. The chord does, mm-hmm. and um, it works very well in this. But yes, there's also the Renfair vibe, or I actually. <laughs> What I thought was minute work was what came to mind. Oh, okay. Another, Which is not a bad thing. Yeah, right. Not a bad thing at all. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
All right, so let's uh, let's take a little break. I definitely need a refill in my drink. Uh, um, I'm sure Mark's going to check the uh, score, see what's light. going on. Uh, He's not coming back. <laughs> no, he will come back because we're talking with Mark Masters. We're talking about the chill submarine bells. This is that record got me by. Uh, what is the name of the show? Sure. <laughs> that record well, you can't remember by. the name of the show now. I'm going. I, I definitely need another drink. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Let's get back into this. All right. So market watches goddamn uh, baseball World game. Series yeah, I don't begrudge him that for All sure. Right. We are back. This is that record got me high. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we are talking to our friend Mark Masters about the chill submarine bells. We're up to song number seven. Let's listen to a little bit of Dead Web. Surprisingly unsentimental 
take on grieving, right? In this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's kind of yeah, like... Yeah, it's... it's... Good. No, I was, uh, I was, uh, go ahead and finish that thought. And then I'll, I'll... No, I, I, no, we always let oh, the guests talk over us. Talk over the me. important part is just talk <laughs> okay. over us. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it is a kind of a kind of a, a, a blunt uh, look at, at moving on from death. But uh, it's also just interesting how he can. This is, I think, the best example on the record of how he can put such serious and and complex ideas into something that sounds so kind of bouncy and yeah and right, right. Happy. It's, like, it's it's yeah. sort of baroque this is sort of baroque pop it's yeah. got a lot of things mm-hmm. that sort of you know sort of swirling around and and different mm-hmm. keyboard bits and sequences and stuff going on <laughs> but it's really mm-hmm. but it's clever i love what he says and then i grieve for those the world's apprentice undertakers <laughs> wasting life on funerals and wake arranging bury their responses to the trauma <laughs> And the need for tears to flow. Let them go. It's like it, it, it's great. It's great, yeah. but it, yeah, it's 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 surprisingly unsentimental because of yeah, just because of how the song sounds mm-hmm. and of how he he is. Yeah. But but again, it, it fits in with the theme of just sort of moving forward and moving on. You know, right. Right? Oh, true, true. Right. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think one of the reasons he's able to pull off songs like this is his voice too. He's yes. His voice always has kind of a combination of brightness and kind of darkness to it at the same time. That that accent, which is always fascinates me, which people from different countries keep their accents when they sing and which don't. But yes, he definitely keeps I, his accent when he right, sings. Right, right. Which definitely <laughs> adds to the charm because I it love uh, my favorite accent in the world, hands down, is New Zealand. I love oh, a New Zealand. Uh, accent. Okay, I do, especially a female New Zealand accent. I yeah. just I just love it. Yeah. They don't have a. They don't have. Um, they have Australia for the uh, for the the uh, Apple voices, they but they don't, don't have New, New Zealand. Zealand. They, no. You got to get on that Apple, even though Barry's been disparaging you terribly on the show. But yeah, <laughs> Apple's not gonna. Apple's not gonna yeah. do anything. That you know. It's but that's like a great. The uh, that's a great tune. And now we get a, a banger. This is the 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 banger mm. of the record. Uh, let's mm-hmm. listen to a little bit of familiarity mm. breeds contempt. Some, got some great uh, mm-hmm. guitar sounds there between the uh, the mm-hmm. acoustics and electrics uh, intertwining. And the way the lyrics, mm-hmm. the way he chants the lyrics, reminds mm-hmm. me of um, 
there's an there's an Eno song where Eno does that, and I'm I was trying to mm. puzzle out which Eno tune it was, but I also think it's um um it's older than that, maybe maybe Dylan or where there's the way he's just sort of piling the words, and he just keeps piling the words on uh, uh, mm-hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I wasn't able to. Yeah, he's, he's, Go ahead. I was say, he's really good at that. It's one of my favorite things that he does. There's a lot of a decent amount of Jill songs where he sings quite quickly in a way that's like a chanting or almost even a rapping. And yeah, I think he's right, really, right. really good at that. Really good at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. And and I like uh, uh, thematically on this one, he sounds cynical, but he's rejecting mm-hmm. cynicism really right. with the lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think my favorite set of lines on this whole record is that what you're referring to I think where he says so simple to be cynical respond to things with ease once an attitude selected then behavior is a breeze yes that's, that's it exactly right yeah well he's all but he's also yeah he's also going after people for being lazy with their um, intellectually with their how they approach things, which you like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, well, um, something <laughs> fell out of the sky, something fell out of the sky mm-hmm. and hit me in the head, and then it flew away. So, um, we'll just keep moving, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, the, the lyrics are great in this. I love also the line, hard people make hard times far worse, not the reverse. So, oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I just, New Zealand is, you know, there's there's a sort of um, it's a rugged place. Yeah. They must also. They seem mm-hmm. like they're probably really happy people, though, right? I think they're happy to be in mm-hmm. New Zealand. <laughs> not, but not I don't know <laughs> if they're any. I mean, it's a you know, it's um, you're out there in the middle of the ocean on two islands that, and the Maori are mm-hmm. there, and they don't necessarily like you. So um, you could honestly, uh-huh. you, could, you could hold a gun to my head and show me a map, and I couldn't point to New Zealand. Yeah, I can <laughs> I'm going to be it. honest with I'm, you. I'm pretty good with that. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of a lot of the bands, but like flying on band, like the Clean and the Bats and the Chills, they had. There's a little bit of a sort of a working class mentality yes. to like, yes, this, you know, kind of okay. a, a straight, play in the garage and be somewhat straightforward about things. Even you know, even though they all had many different sounds, I don't. I think uh, everything was kind of had a working work ethic to the way they played, and right. that comes out in his lyrics as much as the music. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, so now we get a really pretty acoustic and uh, piano number. Uh, This one's really pretty. Let's listen to Don't Be Memory.
very pretty. Has a very melancholy mm-hmm. vibe. It for does, sure, right? Mm-hmm. And the second influence that I wanted to the vocal influence that comes up a lot for me in this record is um, Richard Butler from the Psychedelic Furs and mm-hmm. the way he phrases things and the way he presents um, that slight rasp in his voice. I can hear it and I can hear that. Right. Much more slight than Richard Butler, but yeah, yeah I, I see it, what you're saying. It's in there and, and maybe it's just the accent, but because Richard Butler makes no attempt to disguise his English accent when he's singing. You're right. And yeah, Mark, that was actually, that was a really good observation because it's so true. Like some people, you just don't hear the accent when they sing and some people you do. And I, and I, I wonder how that, how that works. Like how that, uh, you know, yeah. if, if it's something that's yeah, just right. subconscious that, the, that they don't even think about, you know? Right, right, yeah. Well, it's always been fascinating to me to see which, and to find out later that someone's British who you d- didn't realize was British. That right, they right. Is, is and then, an I, I, yeah, I, and I, I've heard before. I've heard some people say it's just like the music that they listen to. Uh, like uh, I know oh, yeah. uh, uh, Pollard says that a lot that he listens to so many British things. That's why he sings yeah, sometimes sure, with that little sure, British. Uh, sure, right, yeah. yeah, right, right. But then you hear when you, you ever watch British television. And you can tell when they've got an, an, a quote-unquote American on the show, mm-hmm. and it's definitely not because mm-hmm. the Brits have a distinct way of imitating <laughs> a, us that is very <laughs> obvious to us that um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like um, yeah. Got, <laughs> yeah, got about a cup and a, cup right. and a half of vodka. So, to be this. safe, Barry, we should have Mark, because uh, I don't even think Mar- Mark's drinking. Are, are you drinking at all tonight, Mark? Or are you, I, uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't drink. So. Oh, well, good, oh for, well, good for you. Good for you. Um, then you, pronounce, you introduce song number 10. You introduce it, because I definitely couldn't, can't pronounce it now. Uh, Efflorescent Deliquist. That's correct. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you win the prize. You win the Lincoln Continental. <laughs> Awesome. A really good song. God damn it. (laughs) Fucking iTunes, man. Here we go. Very cool. Very, a, a little sort of a weird time signature it's going in six, on there. Yeah, it's in a waltz mm-hmm. time. Um, the weird mm-hmm. thing about this is, I'm trying to musically. There's two things: the one that goes backwards and one that goes forwards on this for me. Mm-hmm. And this is implausible. This is highly implausible. But I'm going to put it out there: is that the uh-huh. intro, the guitars on this remind me a lot of early Love Tractor, and. I go, oh, okay. is there any way that um, the Chills would have heard Love Tractor records? <laughs> you never know. I mean, Athens, Georgia, was Athens was huge for a while. Right. 
And those records yeah. did make their way. In fact, I, I, you know, I was interact, you know, on Facebook the other day um, with uh, um, what's his name from uh, Ray Beats, um, Jody Harris from the Ray Beats, and you know, mm-hmm. I told him, I said, those records, you know, they ended up in Orlando, Florida, and they had a huge impact. And he was like, really? I'm like, yeah, right. it's you, it's crazy. So you never know where stuff, but going I think forward, it's totally possible. I, I think it's possible, but going forward from this. Uh-huh. What's that song by that um, band where the singer died? Oh, I know. There was their only big song. The all I could say is that. That's the guitar. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's the same song. Was the band Shannon Hoon was the singer? He 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 died. uh, Yeah. Oh. The B the Um, B video the video with the girl with the B costume. Right. Um, gosh, now I'm, now I'm blanking on what the name was. Come on, name, Mark. We're counting on you. We can edit this out so we can think as long as we want. It was, all, the, it was <laughs> all about uh, uh, Blind Melon? What? Blind, Blind Melon. Melon. He got it. Mark Susan got came it. out of the bedroom with the answer, too. Oh, Mark Yeah, that, that, I thought of that immediately, too. The guitar, yeah. It's there. Um, I was like, wow. It is. It's cool. And basically, so basically about the trials and tribulations of the modern relationship, right? Yeah. In this one, mm-hmm. uh, efflorescent yeah. deliquess. Deliquess. sparkling effervescent. And this is another one, Mark, where he does that thing where he could throw out the, these words like really quickly. And <laughs> he's yeah. really good at that. Right, right, totally. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, is this one is like he's describing a relationship. He, he apparently is not involved in this really. He's just sort of observing it. Yes. But the, it's kind of a theme through a lot of the love songs on here that he is always sort of indirect about. He, he's uh, never just like, I love you or I miss mm, you or this happens. He's you know, talking, it's, about, it's talking about it. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. It's often these angled descriptions of what's going on rather than really right in the middle of it, which I, I think is purposeful. I think I think it's kind of a way to make it so that you don't always know exactly what's happening. And right. he doesn't have to say in, to the in, person, in he doesn't have to say to the person, um, no, I didn't write that song about you. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> which is a thing. Yeah, I love it. I love this. <laughs> the song before that, when we were listening to the Don't Be Memory, there's a line. He says, "I'll try to delay this desperate deal by mailing eight letters that say how I feel." Which yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's just feels kind of the symbolic of his approach to to talking about I love. I think so. So this next one uh, is just like uh, just like a little morsel song, and this actually this reminded me of uh, of uh, Guided by Voices. What they would do sometimes is just have a little thing that could have been fleshed out into a whole song, but they sort of left it right. as this, just like a little. Um, um, mm-hmm. into a little fragment, which I think works really good. I, mm-hmm. I like it. So let's listen to the very short Sweet Times. And that's it. <laughs> that's the it's whole thing. That's it. Yes. That's cool. You're Mark. Yeah. I'm imagining you're a, a guided by voices fan. I'm imagining you are. Yes. Yes. Sure. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have, uh, how could you not be? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not anywhere near the 
I have friends who I have almost every record. Oh, I know they're obsessive. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not like that, but but I do, I do, I do like them. Yeah, and and that's sort of. But I I like that. I appreciate that because that's definitely something. It's really Mm -hmm. pretty and quick, and it could have been. They could have just fleshed it out and made a song. But I, I like that. It's a little sea chanty. It's in six again. Yeah, it's in that waltz time or that sea chanty time. That rollicking, you know, swing, swing your arms back and forth with a a a mug of grog in your hand. Feel. I can go. I'm gonna drink some yeah, grog. No, go ahead. <laughs> I've always, having listened to this album straight through so many times when I was in the record store, I always thought of this as a sort of a prologue to the last track. Yes, and, definitely. And the last, you know, this, it, it seems to flow. I almost feel like they could have kept them as one track together. Oh, okay. That yeah, that's good. All right. Yeah. So now, we, yeah, we can so we get to the really pretty and evocative album closer. This is the title track. This is to Submarine Bells. about the smile box set think about brian wilson's voice singing doing that and with uh, 60s instrumentation and uh, Mm -hmm. that beach boys thing rears its rears its head yeah um Mm -hmm. i remember Mm -hmm. i remember when i heard the um smile the cassettes were making the rounds in in the late 87 88 of the smile Mm -hmm. um outtakes a smile had never come out, but it was the, you know, and it was all these different, you would get these cassettes of things, and it was just this m- extremely um, impressive set of songs mm-hmm. about with a person who was obviously losing their mind when they were recording mm-hmm. it. And um, I, I think th- those things had a big impact in the, uh, uh, in the scene everywhere they appeared. Uh, because it was so it, it mm-hmm. certainly you know I was I never thought anything about the Beach Boys until then and then you know I, I, mm-hmm. I, I liked them they were fine but then oh here's this oh my god what the hell is this thing mm-hmm. 
And um, that's what I get from this is that Brian Wilson. Um, and I never knew, in, you know, I never knew until much later that John Cale from the Velvets was a huge. He worshipped Brian Wilson, and uh, which is not something that you go, you would never go draw two lines between those two musicians. Mm-hmm. But it's there. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, um, Martin Phillips, and, also a big uh, Brian Wilson fan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope, and, so, uh, I hope so, because I just went on that huge tangent about it. If I if I misunderstood, then I'll just edit all of that no, out. No, he was. And getting ready to talk to you guys, I was just trolling through YouTube to find Martin Phillips stuff, and, and there's a, a clip of him talking specifically just about this song. And it actually is like he had been in a four-year relationship when he wrote the song, that st- the relationship wasn't over yet, but he sensed it was about to be. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? It's very, this is the type of love song that I could never write. I mean, I don't write love songs, but it's like, cause it's very <laughs> nakedly emotional. I, I hate and to do honest. this again, but the go betweens, the same exact scenario appears on, uh-huh. uh, was it 15? What's it called? 15 lovers lane. Was yeah, that yeah. the record uh-huh. that where uh-huh. the guy, the relationship's not over, but he knows it's over, and yes, he writes a song. That. You're right, yeah, and puts yeah. a song on the record about the relationship being over, and you're like, "Wow, there's yeah. a, a, some odd parallels there." Yeah, Spook, that's wild. spooky, but it's uh, <laughs> but it's pretty, and we could we could like we could appreciate that, right? And we love uh, you know we could appreciate that. Sure. So um, all right, so this was submarine, and just to remind you, thanks again to uh, Johnny Halliday of Fire, Fire Records. Records. Definitely, awesome. the, the vinyl reissues of both Submarine Bells and Soft Mom are currently available at Fire Records, so you guys could uh, go to Fire Records, and in, in uh, U.S. website is USA.FireRecords.com. You can also go to, they're also on Bandcamp, and you can, you can get to them from, from Bandcamp as well. Yeah, the chills, look at that. And uh, and Mark, yeah, thank you so much for yeah, coming Mark, on the so show Mark, again. What, what, do you, what do you got going on these days? Yeah, uh, besides just watching baseball, like, constantly obsessively and tweeting, and, <laughs> yeah. tweet, and tweeting about it. <laughs> well, uh, not a whole lot of otherwise. Actually. I, I mean, know, I'm, still, right? <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still freelance writing here and there, but not at the, at the pace I used to because the kids aren't going to school. So, uh, uh, damn, kids are such a buzzkill. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and last I talked to you, I was working on a book that's that I have not worked on the books since I last talked to you, but hopefully I'll get back to it. The cassette, the cassette book, that's got to happen. That's yeah, going to yeah, happen exactly. eventually. The fact yeah, that, yeah. The fact mean, that we both happen. remembered what it was about means yeah. it did. Yeah, that's, yeah. Good. that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, the public, it's still going to get published. The publisher's fine with me not being able to do it because I have to watch my kids, but eventually oh, okay. I'll get back to it. And okay. so, I'm, so I'm technically I'm technically still working on that one right now. Oh. That $500,000 oh. advance is still floating you for through this period. <laughs> Yeah, ex- exactly. exactly. <laughs> and uh, so, where you have, uh, is, where could people like uh, keep in touch with you? Do you I, I, I sort of found do you. Do you have a, a site, a, a website, or Twitter? Just go to um, Twitter. No. Just go to Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, I mean, the one the one thing that I'm always still doing is I have a monthly column on Bandcamp for picking uh, ten of the best experimental releases of any given month. Oh, right. Yeah, so, that's awesome. So people can always find that. And and uh, but yeah, I mean, Twitter's probably the easiest way to find me. My my name is narcissist, like narcissist with an M instead of M on Twitter. So. I oh okay that you know that that just made sense <laughs> to me now that you said it. I never could figure that out before, but that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, someone already had Mark. Someone already had Mark Kastik. That was my first. Oh, song. there you go. Narcissist <laughs> <laughs> is better though. Narcissist is good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> cool. Uh, cool. All right. So next week uh, we're doing. Uh, a Jethro Tull, am I reading this right, Barry? Are we it's doing correct. a Jethro Tull record? Yes. With that I never yeah. heard of Stand Up, which I guess is... I think it's, I think it's a, a, good, second a good record. record. Second record, yeah. With Dave Man- do, do we know Dave Mandel? Dave or? Mandel's somebody I met on Twitter, and oh. I just saw a picture of Dave... I have to say, you think, okay, Jethro Tull, blah, blah, blah. There's a picture of Dave Mandel, and he was having some... He was playing in somebody's backyard, and he's fucking playing Richard Hell's Music Master Bass. And I'm like, well, is Richard Hell there? I didn't ask the question, but I kind of assumed... <laughs> They were hanging out somewhere in New York with Richard Hell. Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know, I got, what am I going to say? Okay. Well, we'll I'm ask not him. that cool. We'll have to ask him that next week. About we that. will, certainly. Yeah, he's, a good, he's, a good, he's a good writer. He writes for The Wire, too. Oh, oh okay. excellent. Okay. Look at my, you know, you know everyone, Yeah, Mark. you know what? He, he's, a, he's a steely Dan hater, though. So I got I got after him about that. He's, oh, is he really? Uh, yeah. Oh, he's, 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 on, he's, on, he's on my side. They're there, too. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> no, so so I guess you didn't there. speak up when I said the thing about the chords, but I, you know, it's going to come out no, eventually. He was seething inside. He was going out. <laughs> I wanted to respect your... your, your nah, it's okay. Well, we appreciate mm, <laughs> Alright, so don't forget, everyone, uh, you can follow us on um, on Twitter and on Instagram at, at That Record Got Me High. On Facebook, it's That Record Got Me High, and also That Facebook, Facebook group, group Got, got me, me High. And uh, you can email us at trgmh33 at gmail.com or, or what, Barry? Hey assholes at that record got me high dot com to us as well. And don't forget our Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Become a patron of the show. Maybe we'll, you know, become a patron. Maybe we'll end up putting out uh, Mark's uh, cassette book on our own. Uh, there our we own, go. Uh, label. We'll, we'll uh, reissue No Wave. We'll be there. We'll do the, we'll, we'll, Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right, Mark, uh, it was great having you on. Thanks so much. Get, yeah, thanks, man. Get back to the World Series. Uh, we will talk to World you again World. soon. Once again. Okay, that, thanks so much, guys. A lot, thank, a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, thanks Mark. Mark. All right, so that is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. We are That Record Got Me High. We'll see you guys next week. We are out. Turn out so bad. Your fingers may freeze. Worst things happen and see. There's good times to be had. So if you're alone and you're down to the bone, just give us a play.